you're listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and it's Friday, and what a Friday this is. It's Good Friday, a very, very special day in the year. And I am thrilled and blessed to have my guest, Renee Bengelsdorf. And we'll share a little bit about why that is as we're uh, talking about Renee's story. But I wanted to share a little bit about Unique Leaders and how it began. Many people ask all the time, how did I start a skincare line? How did I know to do that? How did I move to Texas? Or why did I move to Texas? And on and on. Well, the answers to those questions are in my story. You often hear that there are secrets in the story, but I don't like secrets. I want to know the whole story so we can help you understand that in your story, you can find your greatness and work and move and take those steps towards that. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my very dear friend, Renee Bengelsdorf, an accomplished woman on so many levels, speaker, author, on and mom, wife, business person. So I'd like Renee though, to share her story with you. So without further ado, Miss Renee Bengelsdorf. Megan, thank you for having me. You missed the most important thing, though. Tell grandma. Me. Ah, I'm a grandma. Okay. Well, we will. That's the most. That's what we live for, right? Yes, and those are such oh. I mean, that. But you know the point of that, and we're going to stop here for a sec. To me, about a grand being a grandma is that it is the encapsulation of our life, isn't it? You just see so many it things. Is about our lives. So with that said, why don't we go back to young Renee and your goals, dreams, and aspirations, if they were there at that time, or how did they evolve? But where did you grow up? And a little bit about Renee. That skinny little not need girl who grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, saying y'all and with my little Southern twang, moved to Ohio when I was 10 years old and had a pretty big culture shock. Uh, people in the Midwest are very nice, but they move a little faster than people in Birmingham, Alabama. So I learned to move a little faster. Um, I was very studious and extremely introverted, um, very shy, I've been told um, by former classmates. And I loved chemistry, which is kind of a strange thing to love, especially knowing that you know where I am now. So I've always been fascinated with your skincare line. But uh, when I was a junior in high school, I did an internship at the Columbus Dispatch because I thought that that would get me to be the editor of the yearbook, which was a very prestigious position when you were a 17-year-old girl. But what that internship did, Megan, was make me fall in love with journalism. So I went to Ohio University and um, started studying for journalism which was amazing. I, I still love writing to this day. Um, and I've taken a couple of turns since then. As you well know, I met my husband in college and we got married and started our family and um, moved 
gosh, almost 20 years ago to Texas where Texas. I met you. That's right. And uh, we met in, uh, when you hosted a Bible study at your home when I first moved to Georgetown, Texas. That was a long time ago uh, um, and, and one at least one house ago for sure. A long time and a lot of uh, evolution since, you know, because our lives are about evolution, uh, one step leading to the next step. And you said that, and I didn't know you grew up in Birmingham. I mean, we're born until 10 uh, years of age in Birmingham. I didn't know that. But, uh, but then you moved to Ohio, which is what I knew, and that you would live there you know, for your other formative part of your years. And then as a, a, like you said, a great student and a, which is not shocking as well as, but the chemistry piece, that's also interesting because when you said that, Renee, and you said, I've always been intrigued by your skincare line. My uh, genesis of what I was interested in skincare was not the chemistry portion. It was the the uh, kind of the creative and the marketing portion of it, you know, but over time, realizing that the chemistry portion of it is all important. So it's, uh, it's an interesting thing how we uh, evolve, you know, from where we are, hearts are, you know, but when you uh, move to ta uh, Texas, Texas, with your husband, um, tell us a little bit about that, meaning what brought you uh, both to Texas? Yeah, absolutely. Life is a journey and sometimes we don't know what's on the map ahead of us. We don't, we don't know what's ahead. And that's exactly what happened with me and Kurt. We were living in the Washington DC area for a while. He was selling, uh, advertising for an aviation publication or a couple of aviation publications. And he met this guy who lived in Chicago, who bought and sold planes. And Kurt determined that's what he was going to do. He, he's like, okay, I'm going to have a new career. And um, and I said, okay, but we are not living in Chicago. It is very cold in Chicago. I've been in Chicago in the winter and I am not, that is not where our path is taking us. I just said no. Um, so he interviewed at several companies south of the Mason-Dixon line. And the one here in Georgetown ended up being the best opportunity for him. And so we marry our, brought our family, moved our family uh, more than a day's journey away from our family, which was, was very interesting and uh, settled in Georgetown, Texas. Um, I did not know what Texas would be like. I thought that it would be cowboy boots and blue jeans and horses. Uh, nobody told me about scorpions or scorpions or tarantulas or I might not have had said yes to Texas. The fire ants, I mean, I had experienced those before, but the other creepy crawly things, but, uh, that's for sure. Right? So we moved here, raised our family here. Our kids were in second and fifth grade when we moved here, and now they're both married and living in the great state of Texas. Um, I got pulled into um, working in the business that Kurt was in because they needed help with their website and some of their branding. And so I, um, I was able to, to come in and help them with some of that, take them through a rebranding, correct the spelling of acquisitions in their sales and acquisitions company on their website. And um, then in 2008, Kurt and I started our own aircraft brokerage mm -hmm. and we left on such good terms with the company we worked before uh, that um, 
And it was just such a God thing for us that we um, left on such good terms that we were able to co-list all of their planes for the first six months, which was very, very generous of Mm -hmm. the owner of that company. I'm not sure I would be that generous, Megan, but but he was, and we maintain a good relationship to this Mm -hmm. day. And it is a small town. Absolutely. It is. It is. Sort of. I mean, there's a Starbucks now. There wasn't there are more than one Starbucks now. There was not a Starbucks when we exactly. No, I mean we could discuss that till tomorrow. Meaning how this has all evolved and changed. But those uh, the, that company, the folks that owned and own that are lovely people. So it yeah. just makes it makes sense. That's wonderful. But I just want to stop here and share with our guests. Here, you know, you were um, had you know uh, tremendous goals, dreams, and aspirations, and. Uh, but but life evolved and had family, children that have been part of your focus of your life, and um, but have been that rock behind your husband, that strong arm, and then you know both you and he moved here for his dreams. But then, as you said, a God thing and opened the door for you both to for you to enter it, but then to join him and start your own business. So. You didn't have that plan out there, but you have always prepared for this, Renee. You have prepared for this, for sure. Well, thank you. It's so fun to see how God brings things full circle, mm-hmm. right? We, you know, I had a dream of being a, a, I don't know, a reporter, I guess, back in the day when print advertising yeah. was a thing. I never thought to be in front of a camera mm-hmm. at all. And yet, here I sit today as as one of the top 30 jet brokers in the Americas named by corporate jet investor. And I'm able to be in front of a camera telling stories. And it's so fun when I get to tell other people's stories. And that's one of the things that I'm very, very blessed to be able to do right now. I was appointed last year to the FAA Women in Aviation Advisory Board. And I sit on the success stories subcommittee. So I'm able to go out and hear about women who are doing amazing things in aviation and be able to celebrate them and tell their story and uh, amplify what it is to be a woman in this industry. And it's really fun that the skills I learned so long ago are playing into where I think my future is going. It's just really fun to see when, when you go with the flow a little bit, when you're Mm -hmm. obedient to the things that you think God's Mm -hmm. telling you to do, he rewards that in the long run, because I am meeting unbelievable, fascinating women, girls, and business leaders and celebrities and people that buy private jets. I mean, it's really, it's really been an adventure that I've enjoyed and I certainly don't take it for granted. So when, though, so with this in mind, um, you, like you said, you have been working towards this, so to speak, but the pivot moment, I'm not sure I like that word, but uh, you and your husband started this business, we're building this business, and how did you go from um, website to support, supporting uh, your husband to then brokering yourself or sales yourself and then into the um, the position that you are in this prestigious group how did how did that evolve a bit I know it's a long mm-hmm. story but how did that evolve that might be uh, re- uh, resonate with some of our guests you know it's a 
it's a little bit of a, of a funny thing because I never would have put myself, I never would have aspired to be my husband's boss. Uh, he would be rolling his eyes if he even heard me say that, which is why I threw that in. But I, that was never my aspiration. You know, I was supporting him. I was going to go after my own dream of writing. And when I came alongside of him, um, a couple of things happened. The first is that we had a client um, that's a large defense contractor who said, gosh, it would really be great if you could be certified as a woman-owned company. Renee would just need to be 51% owner and Kurt, you would be 49% owner. Well, I mean, all the money goes the same place. Sure. So we agreed that I would become 51% owner and he would be 49% owner. And we sent in all the paperwork. I mean, it's a stack of yes. paperwork, Megan. We sent in all of the paperwork and it came back denied. And I was like, are you kidding me? Um, I'm a woman. I own 51% of the company. What the heck, people? And, uh, and they said, no, no, no. It has to be a woman run enterprise. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And they said, well, you have to have the highest title. You have to have the highest compensation. Nobody can have the ability to fire you unless it's a board and you're public. Like they listed out all these things. And, you know, it was, it was God's way, I believe, of realigning my path. Because, and this is the great thing about wonderful friends, is that they often see something in you that you don't see in yourself. Yes. And I had some friends that saw leadership skills in me that I perhaps didn't see in myself. And I believe that I have a Lord that saw some leadership skills in me that he intended to very graciously um, develop in me and put me in that role as CEO. I say wonderful. I had the title, mm -hmm. but it took me a long time and a lot of uphill battles to really fit in those shoes, to feel comfortable in that skin and to have the authority that that kind of title suggests. And so it has definitely been a journey, but that's how it started um, with me uh, having that printed on my business cards. Yes, it's, and I think this is a very important piece to your story and for our guests, because I'll never forget, Renee, uh, years back, I had worked for two other large um, companies in the beauty industry, national sales and marketing. And uh, then when I started my first brand, I sold it into these same distributors that I had sold the, with, worked and sold these other products to. And um, the first trade show that I had to do, they, I had to submit a biography, a bio. And it was one of those moments in time that you'll never forget, very similar to what you're sharing. And I was like, you know, here I'm going to be on stages with um, John Paul DeJoria from Paul Mitchell and Horse from Aveda and, and me. And I'm like, what do I say? And after I wrote it, I said, wow, I've done more than I think I have. So it's those moments in time when, like you said, you had to work towards that and fill those shoes, but you kept working on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in it. And in it. You know, and some people say, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I've thought about that a lot mm -hmm. over the years. And I don't think that's quite right, Megan. And I don't know what you think about that. And I don't know if this is 
a forum for that discussion today or not, but I genuinely believe that we need to be authentic Yes, and we need to be brave. Yes. Um, yes. yes. Being courageous is doing what scares you, even though it scares you. Um, but I don't think that faking it is the right approach to have. I, I think, I think saying, you know what, I'm learning and I'm more willing to work really hard and I'm real willing to do things that scare me, that take me outside of my comfort zone, but I'm not willing to pretend like I've made it when I haven't. No. And, um, you know, I'm sitting on this side of it where, where I've achieved a level of success. So I harbor no judgment for people who, who have to have that kind of self-talk, but gosh, I would encourage you to dig inside of you and really know who you are and to live in that skin because feeling comfortable in your own skin is much more impressive than pretending to be something you aren't until you get to that level. So I would just encourage anyone who's listening today or in the replay to be encouraged by that. When I really felt my most confident is when I said, um, I'm not one of the guys. I'm not going to pretend to be one of the guys. I'm not assimilating. I'm going to be different. And if that means that I stick out like a sore thumb, if that means I rub some people the wrong way, I'm okay with that uh -huh. because the person I'm disappointing when I'm faking it is me. Right. And I don't want to do that. And I certainly don't want to disappoint God by not being the person that he created me to be. Exactly. So exactly. that's my soapbox. No, and he knew what do you think? the journey and he knew the journey. And the only thing I'd add to it is that the word fake is false and honesty is fact. So just yeah. live and instead of living and feeling, but you said this, it's not carrying that, uh, you know, I'm not where I should be. Well, no, you're not, but you're gaining that experience and growing. And there's so many journeys within that uh, growing, you know, different phases that you may, you said this earlier, that you may not have ever thought of would come into your life. So it's those magical moments that come within the journey uh, to me is what it's about. It's, it's just so true. Yes, that's so true. I'm I'm glad you feel the same way. You know, it's really interesting to to talk to people who are on a journey because they can say, "Oh, I have a plan for this and I have a plan for that." But Megan, we have no idea what's around the corner tomorrow. I mean, think about the beginning of 2020. We were like, "Oh, it's the year of vision." No, it was the year of COVID. I mean, we we can never predict the future. But what we can do is react well in the here and now. That's and so I, I don't know. That's my philosophy for today. Absolutely. So so let's go back to then your, with your husband, with Kirk, building your business and expanding your horizons, so to speak, uh, within the industry and growing. And in this time, you started to do keynote speaking. And, uh, and I know you also wrote a book with our dear friend, Lisa Copeland, but share a little bit about that, that how that took you then from that and boards that you shared, but on two stages, like you said about speaking. So share a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I think that might've been a, a, a double dare from Lisa Copeland, perhaps. Um, she's always been one of those people, Megan, and you know this as well as I do, who sees something in people that they don't see in themselves. And Lisa is the best 
cheerleader I have ever met in my life. She will encourage you and cheer for you and publicly defend you um, to her own detriment even sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she is fierce about that. And I'll never forget because we laid the groundwork for my public speaking years and years before I ever got on a stage when Lisa owned a clothing boutique. So before she got back into the car industry, she owned a clothing boutique called Enjoy. And she sat on the board of the YMCA in Williamson County or Round Rock YMCA, whichever one it was. And she was doing a charity event. And she decided that I was going to be one of her models. And I was terrified. I was like, Lisa, I'm an introvert. I, I don't really want to do this. And she's like, you're perfect for this. Get up there. And I'm like, well, I mean, Pastor Joe's in the front row and I, like, <laughs> I don't want to make a fool of myself. She's like, you're not going to make a fool of yourself. Get out there. And I was still hemming and hawing and she was, you know, putting accessories on me and all this stuff. And, and she could tell that I was still hesitating. And she snatched me by the back of the head and put this clip in ponytail in my hair and said, get out there and work that up, dude. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Well, I have Texas hair now. I can do anything. Right. And I walked out there and did my thing. I did not fall in Pastor Joe's lap and nobody laughed at me. That was great. That A was star so was born. But, A star was born. But Lisa, sometimes you need that friend who will push you. Yes. And that's also where I ended up doing some public speaking. So Lisa and I decided we were going to write a book and we started working with a coach to help us pull our ideas together. And and we decided that we were going to write about crushing mediocrity. Well, about the same time, someone came and visited our office from uh, Mayan Kurtz alma mater, Ohio University. And they said, oh, this is so cool. You're like, you're a woman in a male dominated industry. We have entrepreneurs in our college and we have an aviation department in our college. I want to ask if maybe you would come, you know, meet some people at the university. And I was like, okay, sure. And then I talked to the woman I was supposed to meet and she's like, well, could you speak on global women and entrepreneurship day? And I was like, well, okay. And then she said, "Um, what do you want to speak about? And I'm like, well, I'm writing a book called Crushing Mediocrity. She's like, perfect. You have 45 minutes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to speak for 45 minutes. I'm like, how many people will be there? And she said, "Uh, about 200. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. So I wrote. I literally worked with this speaking coach. I wrote my entire speech word for word. It took me weeks to write it. And then I went there and I stood behind the podium all white knuckled and read my speech. I read it. I looked up every once in a while. I had a few (laughs) slides, so I would look at my slide, but I read my speech and I got a standing ovation. And I, I was like, wow, I actually have something good to say. Now we'd sometimes doubt ourselves. And, and then they said, well, let's open it up for Q and A. So the first little darling blonde freshman girl in the front row said, what's been the hardest thing about your journey? And I was like, oh my gosh, really? Do you, 
could you give me a softball? Wow. (laughs) Like I'm going to be really vulnerable here. And I thought about it for a second. I'm like, you know, I think the hardest thing is really figuring out how to believe in myself, to, to dig down and believe that I have something worthwhile to share with someone who's coming behind me. And, you know, maybe all of all that is, Megan, is just to be able to say, you know what? When you fail, you pick yourself back up, you brush off your dirty knees, and you start walking again. It's okay to fail. And that little girl looked at me. She was so cute. She was like, wow, thank you. And I was like, no, thank you. And I don't remember what the rest of the Q&A was, but that one thing, just having to say, I had to believe in myself to stand up here today. Even though I was afraid, I believed that I could deliver something here. And I I did. I I truly believe that I did, or they wouldn't have asked me to to be on an advisory board at the university. So I, I think, you know, I think, there's evidence there that, that I delivered something, but I delivered the biggest thing to myself, which is overcoming that self-doubt. Right. You know, people um, will ask, what's the difference between courage and confidence and perceiving that, uh, you know, confidence, you have confidence and and meaning that that is more important than courage, courage. You have to build that and then you gain that confidence. And that's what absolutely Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and going back to what I said earlier, I think the confidence for me has not come from the achievements that I put on my resume. The confidence for me has come from getting really comfortable mm-hmm. with who I am and right. not apologizing for that. Right. That's right. Yes. So I hope that like the young lady that was in the front row, Renee, I hope there are other people listening today, but this will go on and on uh, with uh, replay as well as the podcast and listen to these uh, just true heartfelt uh, stories that Renee is sharing, because this is the key to success. You know, to me, that is what a unique leader is, is the person that is willing to open up their heart and share and help others build their lives, their businesses and their lives. So that. Um, that time right there, um, but the beginning with, I was at that show, by the way, that uh, I had a booth in the front lobby. Um, I'm glad I didn't fall into your booth. That's all I have to say. It was quite a, but it was, she pulled, not pulled, put together an amazing, I mean, I I shared with uh, Glenn Lundy recently, I said, it was like Rodeo Drive in Round Rock, you know, her um, Enjoy Boutique. I mean, it was uh, quite an experience, that whole period. She is, uh, she's an astounding woman, and I'm so uh, proud to call her friend. Amen. So from that point in time here, the book is being written, it's coming out, you had that uh, experience, and then it evolved on, you just continued on with the... um, the involvement with these prestigious boards, speaking and writing. Um, and you shared recently, and you touched on uh, that um, 2020, you know, 2020 vision and the change and the evolution and how it has also changed and probably started before that, but how this has changed your 
your personal life and your career from just uh, not just but the uh, company that you and your husband own and run. Yeah, you know uh, when I I gave this speech just a couple of days ago, so I think it's it's significant that you've asked me to share something along this right now. You know, one of the things that's really important is is being prepared for the unexpected. And the way you do that is by having tools in your life to guide you when you can't see clearly. And so my illustration for this is that when you're learning how to fly an airplane using just the instruments so that you can fly when it's a cloudy day, you fly with something called foggles and they're regular, regular glasses, but on the top half of the glasses, it's all like clouded so that you can't see. All you can see is out the bottom to look at your instruments so that you know what your altitude is. You know what your airspeed is. You know what um, attitude or pitch at which the aircraft is operating. You know if you're right side up or upside down looking at your instruments. And so you have to have things in your life to really guide you when everything else is cloudy or confusing. And so having goals, having a life vision, having um, any manner of things that help guide that for you is so, so vital. Um, So deciding ahead of time what kind of person you're going to be is really helpful to, to help get you through those those rough patches. And it was a very rough patch for us, Megan. We went from, we started having deals fall apart at the end of January um, because we had a couple of deals going on in Asia. And so we started seeing, we had $90 million worth of transactions in our pipeline. And one by one by one, week after week, more of those transactions froze we didn't lose them all. They just froze. So we went from the end of December to the end of June without selling any airplanes at all. And that's frightening, Um, especially when you're in business with your spouse and uh, neither one of you has any income for six months. Um, So it, it gets really, it can get really scary and leaning into that compass definitely, definitely helps knowing that God's called us to do what he's called us to do. And, and leaning into that is, is definitely wonderful um, uh, reassurance. At the same time, he also provided something else for me to do, and that's um, through Michael Hyatt and Company, which is a leadership development company. Um, Michael invited me to become a business coach. And this is not something I'd ever, just like selling airplanes, I had never considered being a business coach is not anything I ever considered. And Part of Michael's program is that he trains his coaches. So going from being scared to be on a fashion show runway to um, white knuckling the podium at Ohio University in the auditorium to giving in the last five weeks, some six days worth of days worth of lectures about how to have work-life balance and what that looks like in a day-to-day business operation is pretty astounding. Um, and so I am just, I am just awed with the opportunities that have, that have 
come before me. I've learned so much about business and about people and about myself um, and about how to treat other people better than I've ever treated them before. We always have room to grow in that area. And so um, that's a little bit of the journey. Sorry, it's kind of rambling there. No, no, no. That is in a nutshell what you shared, but the uh, journey of that. And again, the open door of God, meaning uh, that you were, and you said it, you were prepared. Everything that Mm -hmm. you've done has prepared you for this season. And when we, uh, when you shared this, we had lunch a month ago and you shared a bit about this. And to me, uh, it was very, very important to bring up today because I knew you would, but I wanted you to, um, share it with our guests because so many people right now are going through so many transitions, even if they haven't lost their job. I'm not saying, you know, the, the um, company closed. I'm just saying it was very uh, challenging, but even if you, a person who's working for a company and the company has changed and they're saying, well, you know, do I stay just because I have a job or do I make this step of whatever that might be? And that's one of the things that I feel very strongly about, Renee, of sharing during Unique Leaders is to help people see that these things, and it isn't just necessarily during a unprecedented uh, time like 2020 was, but also things happen in life. But you have to be prepared and you have to listen. You know, it, you have to listen to what that still small voice and what step to the next. It's so true. So true. Yeah. So true. Now, when you were in this um, period this past year, uh, and you said you didn't expect that, but you obviously had a relationship with Michael Hyatt on some level. Yes. Yes, definitely had a relationship. I've been um, coached by him for the last five years. I've been in some coaching program or another where I was um, in person with him in Franklin, Tennessee, Um, for a day or two day period, at least once a quarter. So we got to know each other fairly well. And I must listen and and do what he says, because he said, hey, you're pro at implementing this system. I'd love for you to teach the system. And Megan, it it is so humbling to be in a room of amazing people and have someone say, I see you and I see excellence. Yes. Um, and so I, I'm so honored to serve him and his clients that way. I, I've met some amazing people, men and women from all over the world who really desire to have what we call the double win, winning at work and succeeding at life, having um, rapid growth or scalability in your company without compromising those relationships that are most important to you. And so uh, we teach a lot of a lot of things, uh, a lot of secrets, a lot of tricks, a lot of tips, uh, strategies to accomplish that. My speaking coach says I shouldn't say things. So I was trying to correct myself there. I, I don't know if you caught that, but uh, but it's been um, it's been a journey learning how to present, um, learning how to present a lot of days in a row. Um, and be relevant and have energy, figuring out how to pivot because I was contracted to speak in person. And then all of a sudden we were virtual. Mm -hmm. So learning how to create energy in front of a camera with 
nobody in the room is yeah. tough. tough. And we're back to hybrid now. So I have a few people in the room. So I have to speak to the people in the room and the people on the screen who are from all over the world um, has been a huge uh, learning curve for me this year. And I won't say I haven't messed up a few times because I certainly have. But like you just said about your speaking coach saying not to use the word things, I didn't catch that, no. But it again, it's that learning, growing, evolving, and but taking that step, not being afraid to take that step. But you share something very key here. I want to um, share, uh, have you share with our guests. Um, you said that you met Michael Hyatt because he had been coaching you. And you shared also about your speaking coach. And so what I'd like you to share with our guests is how important having a coach is because I am sure that there are people listening that will say to themselves, well, why would she need a coach? You're so successful. You know, here's the thing. If you look at people whose performance matters the most day to day, um, you don't have to look very far to find that. And especially if you look at athletes, you see that just slight tweaks in their performance can have amazing or devastating results. And I have a, a former professional athlete who works with me. Mm -hmm. And when he was playing hockey, he had a um, defense coach. He had an offensive coach. He had a strength and conditioning coach. Um, and he pressed into practicing his performance every single day. If you think about a baseball player, they have a hitting coach, they have a pitching coach. Um, and so I think that you need coaches to help you get farther faster. Mm -hmm. um, when you're having trouble losing weight, you, you find a nutritionist who can help you through that. When you're having trouble um, getting to the next level in your workout, you might hire a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. And so essentially what I did was hire the nutritionist and personal trainer for my business mm -hmm. in a business coach. And, you know, people are like, okay, well, what's coaching? Um, coaching is a cross between counseling and consulting. Mm -hmm. So if I need to work through things in my past, I might go to a counselor and work through those things. If I need something done for my business that I don't have the skill to do, I might hire a consultant to do that. A coach lands in that sweet spot of saying, you know what? You know your business better than anyone. What do you think's right? Have you thought about it this way? Have you asked this question? Have you done this research? Do you know about this resource? And really leaning into exploring those things on my own, instead of telling me what to do, giving me some tools to figure it out on my own, mm -hmm. that's what builds confidence. Mm -hmm. So I think coaching is what you sign up for if you need to get to the next level without clawing your way there yourself, right. Right. if you need added confidence, if you need greater focus, 
if you need breakthroughs, if you need to know what to do next, that's where coaching comes in, in my opinion. I but could you have that. experience with this as well. I want to know what else you've experienced in, in the coaching that you've done and been a part of. Well, one of the things I always say, Renee, is that um, I started my first business personally in 1992, before there was an internet, websites, any of uh, emails, anything. And uh, but the other reality is that there were very few women uh, starting businesses and um, the mistakes I've made in my businesses uh, would have been averted. I know had I had a coach and you said you used the term, uh, you know, helped you spur on your your career quicker, uh, more quickly with your coach. Mm -hmm. And that, that I, my one, when people ask me, what is one of my biggest regrets or challenges? I, I always say I didn't have a coach. All I had, what, and I'm not minimizing this, but I had Zig Ziglar on tape and Tony Robbins mm -hmm. on tape and Stephen Covey on tape, you know, and I use the word tape and then CDs. But uh, uh, so, I mean, I just pour, they poured into me. I listened to them, but uh, I wish I had had that one-on-one -on -one coach that could have listened to me. And you also shared with our guests that I, you shared about Lisa, you shared it along this, but people seeing that greatness within you and things that you don't see yourself necessarily at that moment and giving you that you're you're having the courage to move on, but they're endorsing that that and that's how you gain confidence. So I, yes, I feel very strongly um, about having a coach or coaches. And one of the things that I did when... Uh, after I sold my business in the last uh, few months, I said, I am not going to move forward without having a, a several coaches in different realms, like you're speaking about. And people would say, well, why do you need a coach? You've done this. No, no, no. I am uh, now evolving again, and I want to not make the same mistakes that I did in the past. And that yeah, I mean, information-ish, to look at what you've done, like my right. to you. Right, right. Isn't it so much better to learn from other people's mistakes than your own? Yes. It's, it's so much cheaper to learn from other people's mistakes than learning from your own on so many levels. And less heartbreaking. Absolutely. Less you know what's really interesting, Megan, is that you experienced that when you were starting your business years and years ago. But that a lot of that is still going on today. I'm part of a couple of organizations that are looking at why there are so few women in aviation and aerospace. And the number one reason is that they don't have some, they don't see someone as a role model ahead of them in the career path. Mm -hmm. So whether there aren't women there or they just haven't seen many of them, Mm -hmm. And it's really more than a, an attraction problem. It's a retention problem. Yes. People are saying, well, gosh, why, um, why didn't you asking people, why didn't you stay in aviation? Well, it's, you get bullied sometimes as a woman in this industry, but if you have a friend or mentor who can walk with you, you're stronger together. And so, we're trying to affect some change there. Um, we've been mandated by Congress to figure out how to do that. So oh, really? 
We're hopeful that uh, when we bring our report back to them, they take action on it and we're able to begin to change that in our industry and provide more coaching and mentoring and professional development and cheerleading um, for women who are in this industry. It's only about 5% right now. Oh my, oh my, yes, not good. But what about the Air Force, for instance? Uh, there are more and more females going into the uh, Sir Armed Forces. Is that correct? Or Yes. Uh, pilots in the Air Force um, has stayed the same for the last 20 years, and that's 7%. Oh and almost none of them stay in, uh, stay in past when they would have to you know, pay back the flight training. So once they hit that six-year mark or seven-year mark, whatever it is, I'm not sure, um, they leave. Uh, it's brutal. I see. So the transference from there to what uh, to corporate or to career is is not it's not transferring properly. So well, that- it is. Um, you're seeing you're seeing them go on to to um, fly for mm-hmm. the airlines, um, but they're they're just not nearly as many pilots in the Air Force or in the Navy now as there used to be um, because they're able to do uh, so many things with drones. I see. Oh, goodness. I see. I see. Wow. So it's you uh, again. I listen to you, Renee, and it's very clear that because you have been open to what God has guided you to and for your life, you are right where you're supposed to be. And it's so interesting that uh, you, you're part of that. But you all, meaning the aviation world, and then combining it with coaching. So I have a, a glimmer that God's going to combine the two. I am, I am praying seriously about that. But Megan, mm-hmm. before we pray about that, there's something else. Tell me. I am getting my pilot's license in well, May. I just well, paid my deposit. I was leading to that. I, that's why I said I didn't want to leave the coaching out and the, uh, you know, right aviation. I was going to say, but I heard. And so share with our guests. Uh, that is extraordinary. Uh, so I made my deposit today. I was deciding between two schools and the school that, that I'm going to end up going to on May 2nd um, has a 99% success rate oh, wow. of its students getting their pilot's license in two weeks, two. Um, normally this takes six to nine months. Okay. So I will do all of my ground school and watch about 24 hours of videos and take a written test before I get there, pass the FAA written test in the next month. Um, uh, pressure there for sure, because oh when I show up on May 2nd, they're booking my check ride with the FAA examiner on May 15th. So um, we will crank it out. Um, They've been doing this for 17 years. They've taken thousands of students through this two-week curriculum. So I am so excited and nervous. Oh, my gosh. So I'd like to ask, what is the why and what is the long-term goal with making taking this step? Okay, there's no long-term goal, but I'll tell you the why. <laughs> the why I I flew with a friend of mine for the first time um, in August of last year. And she said, Renee, why don't you have your pilot's license? And I was like, Laura, I just don't feel like I'm a good fit as a pilot. And she's like, hogwash. 
And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know that I have the right situational awareness to be a good pilot. And she's like, what are you talking about? Why do you think that pilots have better situational awareness than you? And I'm like, yeah, you were just talking to me and listening to the radio. She's like, yeah, that's why you get your pilot's license. So you have greater situational awareness. So you challenge your brain. And I was like, oh, challenge. Okay. Sign me up. So, but then I started thinking about it and I'm like, I'm like, I can't like go three mornings a week to the Georgetown airport and, you know, try to cram in all my studying and and fly a couple times when the weather's good. I'm never going to get it done that way. I, I travel too much. I have too much on my mind and you have to be fully present when you're in the cockpit of an airplane, you're going from two dimensional travel to three dimensional travel and adding in winds and a foreign language, which is what we call air traffic control. You're adding those complications into three dimensional travel rather than two dimensional travel. So you have to be a hundred percent mentally tuned in to what you're doing. So I'm excited about that challenge. I'm excited to be able to talk about it and know more about flying. I think it'll give me a little bit greater credibility. And my daughter's a pilot now. So I was say your daughter is a pilot. So it's part yes. of the family. Right. So while I may never be a person who's making a living flying, sure. Um don't tell Kurt this. If I'm the co-pilot because I have my pilot's license and we're in a small plane. I get to sit in the front and see out the front and <laughs> he's going to have to sit in the back. So oh, that's, well. my, that's my why Megan. Okay. So our, our secret. He's not going to, he's not likely to watch this, at least not this long into no, it. So it'll no. just be our secret. No, it'll be our secret. But I could see him coming up and saying hello. But <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I'll say, sir, please fasten your seatbelt. Exactly. Well, what see again? That's what I love about unique leaders is what everyone it does in their life in the incremental steps that it takes to get there. But always listening, but taking that step. It's so exciting to see, and the help that it. I've had people stop me. Um, you know, stop me, will contact me and say, wow, I learned so much about XYZ. Not so much just their story, but what they shared. It's been very interesting to see the legs of this and how it is uh, affecting and helping people. So it's- Well, you're a fantastic interviewer. Thank you. Well, you know, um, someone made that statement and I said, but I'm truly interested. So I think that's uh, in people and helping others to see your story. It's very, very important to me. So it is, it is. So you started off by sharing about your family and your, you know, being a grandma. And you also shared that the premise, I think you, you said this, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the Michael Hyatt program is that work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And so I'd just like to, as we close before my final question, I'd like you to share with our guests a little bit of that because we all today, it's such a harried push, push, success, success. Oh, and another thing you shared, which fits into this, probably should ask this first, but you shared that you had stepped away from social media. 
Let's do that first, because then it fits into work-life balance and, and family and time. What, what made you decide that, Renee, to step away from social media? You know, I stepped away from looking at Facebook and participating in Facebook um, in July because I felt like it was um, it was cluttering or polluting my mind, it, absorbing um, absorbing a lot of information from people who had um, strong opinions and weren't very polite about sharing them. I love learning about other people's opinions and what their beliefs are and how they feel about things. But the vitriol on Facebook was, was, it felt like it was eating away at my soul. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I've been off of Facebook since July. I'll, I went on on my birthday to thank all the kind people who wished me happy birthday, but I really haven't been on mm -hmm. there at all. I, I fess up. I do check the Instagram stories um, because that's how I see my grandbabies every day. My daughter-in-law is amazing at posting witty captions mm -hmm. with pictures of her kids. And um, and so I am occasionally on on Instagram. But, you know, it's it's amazing how much you get sucked in to all of that. Um, you know, when I first got on Clubhouse, I was on Clubhouse 20 hours a week. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nope, there need to be a few things that I listen to. And then I need to be tuning into what God has to say, yes. because when we listen so much or when we bury ourselves in social media, it's an escape mm -hmm. from what we really need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, if I wasn't, you know, I hadn't had some sort of an addiction to it where I was scrolling through it all the time, I probably wouldn't feel that way, mm -hmm. but having it, within limits has been really good for me to get clear about what's important in my life. Well, that's and, what and, I, I'm good. I'm sorry. Yeah. What that girl that, that I sat next to in high school, mm -hmm. um, in biology class had for dinner last night, doesn't affect my life at all, but really digging into, um, strategy or helping someone with a, with a coaching, um, problem really does impact other lives. And I think, I think keeping a, an eye on that is really important. It's great. This is one of the things that we learn with Michael is really, you know, keeping track of your time. Like mm -hmm. how much time am I spending in each of these? And my biggest aha moment of all the time that I've worked with him was when I realized how much time I was spending in email every day. And just by properly managing my email inbox, I went from working 60 hours a week to mm -hmm. working 30 hours a week, which is kind of embarrassing, but, but it was a huge breakthrough yes. for me because I quit doing fake work, that work that felt like work, but wasn't getting me anywhere. And I leaned into doing the strategic things that would take me where I needed to go. And it means that you have to say no to things that are eating your time. That's right. I so admire you for these uh, realizations and actualizations of this. And I know that that is actually going to help some people to 
to think about it, just to think about it. Uh, it we're not saying that social media is negative. You've said, you know, it's a, a wonderful tool if you use it correctly, but to suck your time is not a good thing. Just as you said, you're managing your emails. And I know exactly what that means as well. And I've been working on that personally uh, to uh, have balance. To ha And the operative word of life is balance. So, um, so therefore, back to your, your family and your children and your grandchildren, it's just a adding to that richness of your life, the fruits of your life. Absolutely. Well, I think, Megan, the heart of, of what you just said about social media goes back to something else that you asked me earlier, and it's all about the why. So the why I'm getting my pilot's license is to challenge myself, and I would challenge each one of our listeners today with this challenge. What's your why for the activities that take up your most time. And might you still be able to achieve your why in a shorter, more condensed time frame? So if I can challenge myself with getting a pilot's license in two weeks instead of nine months, then if you take your why and apply it to where you spend your time, could you condense that? Could you stay in touch with your friends? Could you connect with your customers in a constrained period of time instead of dragging it out and letting it consume your life? Yes. Because I think that we like to fill space in our lives, but when we do that, we don't leave room for God to move, which is an important thing to remember on Good Friday. Amen. Amen, my friend. Amen. It's a great way to segue into my last question. I ask everyone this question, Renee, and it really is from our dear friend Sharon Lecter and her book, Three Feet from Gold with Greg Reed. And as we know, she has her success formula in that. And uh, But the opening piece of that book is a anecdotal story of a gentleman who was in the East Coast during the gold rush days and had gold rush fever, came west, bought a vein or prospective vein, chiseled away at it, worked at it, and became very frustrated. And uh, the townies were watching. He ended up selling that vein to someone in the town and um, went back east. And in three feet, that person struck gold. And Sharon's success formula is, is in this book is your passion plus talent times association times action plus faith equals success. Now, I'm not going to ask you all of that. You've actually touched on most all of them. Uh, but what I would like to ask you specifically is what is your passion and what do you think your talent is? Oh, good questions. Um, I am very passionate about helping women in male-dominated industries be true to themselves and succeed. Um, very, very passionate about that. It's, it's the center of so many things that I do and that I'm involved in is, is really giving a hand up to other women. There are many times in my career when I haven't had that mm -hmm. and, um, man, I don't want to leave that as a legacy. Um, I think that my talent, um, I think that there are a couple that I have that I'm pretty good at. Um, one combines two aspects of my Colby score. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I'm high fact finder, high quick start. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that I am very good at creative problem solving. And I also think that I am 
um, gifted at connecting people. I'll meet one person here and ask questions and meet one person over here and ask questions and then bring them together and something uh, amazing happens. Just this morning, uh, one of my friends who has a real estate um, equity fund that he's raising money for, um, who I was with yesterday in Franklin, met another friend of mine who recently moved to Franklin from um, Boca Raton. And the guy who moved there has space for my other friend to be able to build cold storage in Miami, and he's going to invest in his fund. So it's just like, I seem to have this ability to connect the dots Mm -hmm. that uh, I thought everyone had that, Mm -hmm. Um, but apparently they don't. Or so I've been told because people comment on it about me. So uh, I think that that's a talent that I have, but the creative problem solving, Mm -hmm. boy, it's fun. It really helps in negotiations between strong personalities Mm -hmm. um, who can afford private jets. Yeah, right, right. And putting it all together. Right, right. That connector, though, is a person who is open and listens and then has a serving heart to connect those dots. So it's a wonderful thing, a wonderful thing. So that maybe leans into the association's part a little bit of Sharon's formula for sure. When you said that, I I was going to actually say that, and that leads to the power of association. And it does. There's an overlap, I'm sure you'd agree, with so many of these. Uh, As I said, you've you've mentioned most of these, uh, all of them. But uh, it's that, you know, when I ask people, you know, what, what is your passion? And what is your talent? It's like, oh, okay, you know, it is something to think about. Well, thank you. And Really, I truly appreciate you joining me today on one of your free days, or sort of, kind of, on uh, Good Friday. It's really been a treat to be with you, Renee, and have you share your story, which gleans so much information for everyone. So, have Megan, a weekend. Yes, ma'am. I am honored to be here with you, and happy Easter. Thank you. Thank you so much. And if you would just hang tight in the green room for a minute. As Absolutely. I to our listeners. Thank you so much. I hope you were as blessed as I listening to Renee today share her story from, you know, a young lady who was a great student to on and utilizing her skills as a, you know, uh, journalist on and on and on. So just listen to this and listen to it again, and you will glean so many points that you can utilize from uh, putting that social media down to a bit to um, on just walking into your journey with hope and possibilities. This is on YouTube. It is. It was live streamed in uh, live, but it will be there on the Megan DiMartino uh, page. Please do subscribe to it. It truly helps other people to find these. And then after, in a couple of days, this will be on iTunes and Spotify and all the podcasting platforms. So as you're working out or doing your morning routine. You can uh, listen to Renee and her story and what she has shared, but also go back and other guests that have been on Unique Leaders Live. And I now I'm doing Wednesday, Megan DiMartino Live, Hope and Possibilities, and that is on at noon on Wednesdays. And then you can always go to MeganDiMartino.com and uh, download the, a PDF of my book, Hope and Possibilities, just over the horizon. 
It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. We'll see you next Friday for another Unique Leaders Live. Thank you so much and have a blessed weekend and happy Easter. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders Podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at megandemartino.com. I have a free gift for you, my book, Hope and Possibilities Just Over the Horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it. Be blessed.